During a historic season for the Indiana women's basketball team, the Hoosiers saw Chloe Moore McNeil and Sarah Scalia's seasons go kind of on opposite trajectories. But as two of the veteran returners to next season team, what are going to be the expectations placed on their shoulders? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. You are Locked On Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast. And we are part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. We're free and available anywhere you get podcasts, including over on YouTube. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen every day. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. I know that the Big Ten announced uh, the scheduling for football for 2023-24, the protected opponents, things like that. Unfortunately, I'm at a wedding this weekend, so this was recorded before that news came out. We'll touch on that on Monday and get some thoughts and reactions to that. Today, though, we're going to discuss the women's basketball team and two of the uh, guards on the roster that had varying seasons. They had seasons that um, certainly went in, I don't want to say necessarily opposite directions, but different directions in Chloe Moore McNeil and Sarah Scalia. Let's start with Chloe Moore McNeil and someone who really stepped up this season Seeing her progression through her first three years in Bloomington has been fun to watch, honestly. She took another big step forward this year. Last season, she was kind of thrust into a role early on and took some growing pains, but was an important piece of the team by the postseason. This year, she was starter from day one and an important piece of the team, particularly in the Grace Burgerless stretch of the season, anyone that regularly watched uh, the games last season will know time and time again the announcers mentioning that Terry Moran called her the MVP of the team when Grace Berger was down, but it doesn't lessen how important she was to this team. She stepped up big this season. Even uh, before and after uh, Grace's injury, she stepped up for this team and played a really important role on this roster on both ends of the court. Just statistically, her production jumped this year. She averaged 12 more minutes per game, shot better from the field, shot better from three, averaged more points, more assists, more steals, more rebounds. Just every across the board was a better player this season. Part of that is having more playing time, but uh, overall, she was just an improved player. It's kind of just the constant upward trajectory her career has been on. I would say her biggest impact though came on the defensive end where there aren't many ways to statistically measure that. The 1.4 steals is one of them, but she was easily one of the best defenders. Certainly in the Big Ten, I would argue one of the better defenders in the country. And there was no time we saw that better than when she played against Caitlin Clark in the first game between the two. Caitlin Clark uh, struggled, to be honest, and her counting stats by the end of the night were up there with what you would typically expect. The meeting in Assembly Hall, Caitlin Clark did finish with 35 points, 
She did it on 12 of 28 shooting. It was just three of 11 from three. And Chloe Moore McNeil was responsible for a lot of that. She really made Caitlin Clark work. And that's about as good as you can hope. And that was something she, I mean, I I thought she did it well in both meetings. The second meeting, uh, it didn't maybe come across as much because Caitlin Clark just played really well. She had 34 points on 22 shots. Well, still four of 12 from three. And if not for Chloe Moore McNeil slipping in the final play of the game, the Hoosiers walk out of Iowa with a win. And perhaps that changes a lot of things with how the season finishes for both teams. But ultimately, she was Indiana's best perimeter defender. Night in, night out, took the toughest matchups. Night in, night out, delivered on that end of the floor. She did it while also being a remarkably efficient player on the other end. You can look at her shooting. She shot 44% from the field, 33% from three, which aren't great numbers necessarily, but she was still strong on that end of the floor, did what she needed to do. It's most uh, kind of told through the lens of her assist-to-turnover ratio, which is another thing that was often mentioned, but deservedly so. 4.8 assists per game, 1.5 turnovers per game. The third-best assist-to-turnover ratio in the nation. So she was really, really strong at taking care of the ball. And it was a, I mean, she took care of the ball a lot. She was on the ball a lot, especially once Grace Berger went down, uh, that ball was in her hands a whole lot. And she never hardly ever, I would say, I really don't remember a game in which she was just bad. Maybe the Ohio state game in terms of turnovers, Uh, But that was such a bizarre game in the way it played out in the conference tourney that kind of there weren't a lot of positive takeaways from that. Everybody looked kind of bad in that game. I'm not entirely sure what happened in that one. But outside of that, I I really don't remember her having a bad game in terms of turnovers. And considering how much she was on the ball, that was a, a huge improvement. She went from someone that wasn't that wasn't really what was asked of her last season uh, with especially with Allie Patberg, uh, with Grace Berger, and with uh, Nicole Cardano-Hillary, she certainly wasn't really asked to be on the ball a lot. She was this season, and she was really good at it. I, I would argue that in some ways, uh, I don't want to say necessarily that she doesn't have a weakness, but it's more Chloe's a jack-of-all-trades. She can do a lot of things for you. And fill a lot of different types of roles, whether it is a ball handler, whether it is kind of a secondary creator. She really shot the three ball well. She finished the year strong shooting the three ball. uh, Overall, she shot 33% this season. But over the final uh, 10 games of the season, she shot 42% on three attempts per game. Had a couple of really strong games. The home game against Purdue. Uh, or excuse me, the road game against Purdue, she made three threes. Michigan at home, she made three threes. The home game versus Purdue, she made four, three against Michigan State in the tournament, which I think was her best game this season. Uh, She finished with 19 points and 11 assists with five rebounds in that one. And she really, that was the part of her game that I think needed to have the biggest growth and did have, Uh, Some of the biggest growth this season. I think it probably needs to take another step forward next season. But considering how much she's improved year over year, I'm confident that that'll be the case. 
now I think it would be maybe a little bit unfair to to not mention how this season ended and the fact that Chloe had a, a chance to to hit the big shot against Miami late in that game, a wide open layup that she missed. It, it was a frustrating end to a season and it put a little bit of a maybe a damper on a season that overall I thought she was really good and really important for the Hoosiers. Hopefully it's something that more is used more as kind of a, a motivating factor in her work this summer and not something that lingers over the whole season as a whole because she was really important to Indiana this year on both ends of the floor. Indiana isn't the team it, it was uh, at the end of the season or through the season without the production she brought on both ends of the floor. And it, it may not come across much statistically, like she didn't have any really eye-popping numbers other than kind of the assist-to-turnover ratio, but she was very important to this team. And, and I, I hope that doesn't go unnoticed as uh, we look back on this season. I, I hope history is fond of her in that regard, and I think it will be. The, I think people will look back on this team and remember the the kind of glue guy, glue gal role that she played in this one and how she kind of did a lot of things for this team that made them click. On the flip side, Sarah Scalia uh, came in with maybe a lot of expectation but struggled this season, especially shooting the ball. We'll look back on her season and where those struggles came from uh, overall. First, though, guys, I want to talk to you about Bird Dogs. I had the wrong graphic pulled up there. One of our new sponsors, Bird Dogs Make You Look Good. Bird Dog Stretch Khaki Shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts. The made are stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stick, anti-stink sweat wicking fabric. Say that 10 times fast. That keeps you cool and dry all day long. If you use, if you go to Bird Dogs today, I don't have the tumbler in front of me, but you guys will get a free tumbler with your order. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and our promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. You can also just take a look at the, the product names and have a good laugh. If nothing else, just head on over to birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen Every single day, every day is next week on the show. We'll talk on Monday about the scheduling for next season, uh, or I guess two seasons away for the big 10. And uh, we'll have some more reactions uh, in general of what that scheduling will look like, who the Hoosiers kind of protected opponents are going to be. Be sure you guys tune in on Monday. Let's talk Sarah Scalia, who had an interesting season for the Hoosiers I think overall uh, you could call it an underwhelming season. I don't th think that's being too harsh. She came in off a season in which with Minnesota, she averaged 17.9 points per game. The most important number coming in that was referenced was the 41.3% shooting 
She shot from the three-point line with the Gophers. She came in kind of expected to give Indiana a long-range shooting punch that they didn't have last season in terms of volume or efficiency. And early on, she did that. You can look through the UNC game, that UNC game being a very memorable one because she was on fire hitting shots from the parking lot. And through the first eight games, she shot 37% from the three-point line, uh, including four of seven against North Carolina in that big ranked win. But after that game, she entered a shooting slump that I think really kind of defined her season and the struggles that she had. Uh, Overall, it was a big step back I think she took this season, which maybe in terms of production, it was expected. Fewer shots were going to be available. She was going to have to take a little bit of a different role, but what perhaps wasn't expected is the drop in efficiency from the three-point line from early December through basically January, a stretch of 12 games. She shot... 20.9% from the three-point line and just really struggled to get anything going. She had one game against Michigan State where she had 19 points and it looked like she had kind of broken out of the slump, but she followed it up by going 0 for 3 against uh, Ohio State. Before that Michigan State game that I mentioned, she had a 10-game stretch where she was shooting 17% from three she just was really struggling uh to make an impact and that included a number of games in that stretch where she started when grace went down uh sarah scalia was starting and she started at the beginning of the year it was sydney Parrish that came off the bench early on but once grace returned it was scalia that went to the bench and it wasn't a role necessarily that she flourished in now ultimately over the final 12 games of the season she did shoot 42 percent from three and that includes uh going 0 of 7 in her final two games if you take the 10 game stretch from the Rutgers game at home through the Big Ten tournament it was 48 percent from three that she shot which really kind of made her three point percentage rebound but overall it, it was a a season I think defined by her shooting struggles because that's where she was supposed to kind of make the most impact for this team. She shot 34.4% from the three point line, which is the second lowest mark of her career. Uh, It came on 4.8 attempts per game, which is the fewest attempts per game of her career. And that dip in volume may have played a role in terms of her uh, dip in overall production and what really kind of made her struggle is if she wasn't knocking down threes uh, she struggled to be productive in in other ways she she did average three rebounds a game but she's not really going to impact the game rebounding only 1.6 assists per game so overall I think it was a struggle for her there were big moments there were uh, kind of really bright spots throughout the season the, the North Carolina game When IU looked like they were uh, rolling through the Big Ten tournament, she had 20 points against Michigan State and 15 against uh, Ohio State and looked like there were a couple threes she hit in there that felt like backbreakers when the Hoosiers were kind of running away with that game early. She really enjoyed playing Ohio State. Uh, The final two games, she scored 24 and 15 points against them. 
but those moments were also kind of offset by going by really struggling at times this season as well. Uh, one for six, one for five. Uh, I, I think maybe the, the most noteworthy thing is how her playing time at times dipped a little bit as well early on uh, through those first uh, 10 games of the season, she was averaging 33 minutes per game. And then once those shooting struggles came, her minutes dipped into the low twenties and even into the teens at times. So I, I, I hope that this was kind of the exception and that she's able to bounce back, but this was maybe a little bit of a disappointing season overall, considering what she had done the season prior. She was a, an all big 10, uh, type of player, big 10, all freshmen, or that was her freshman season. But overall she was a, a, one of the best scores in the big 10 coming to Indiana. She didn't really do that, uh, with the Hoosiers last season. Now that's not to say she couldn't bounce back and let's talk about what these two could do next season and what kind of the expectations are going to be on them. There's obviously a pretty big hole to fill, with Grace Berger leaving, how much are these two going to kind of step in and fill that void? We'll talk about that here in a moment. So replacing Grace Berger is going to be a very tough task. There's not going to be one person that is able to do all of it. You can look at these two as two that could potentially do it in different ways. Grace Berger, 12.9 points, 5.8 assists per game, 4.8 rebounds. You can look at a Chloe Moore McNeil. Maybe she becomes even more of a facilitator um, this upcoming season. I would say one of the biggest things she needs to address is becoming a little bit more assertive or or, uh, there were times I thought where she kind of drove into the lane and didn't really have a plan uh, this season. And those are the types of things that really come with just experience and reps and having been in those situations. What do you do? What do you expect? How do you read a defense? Things like that. And again, as we've seen her just constant upward trajectory, she'll get that type, those types of things figured out. And I'm confident she will, but is she someone that can step up and replace that statistical production Grace is scoring. There's 13 points a game that Indiana is going to be missing. I think that even really kind of undersells how important she was. Uh, she was more than willing to take a backseat at times. And in the bigger games, she stepped up when she absolutely needed. The Iowa game for Grace always going to be remembered. Um, where do those points come from? And is Scalia someone that can step up and, and do that? There's going to be kind of a bigger question of who steps up in the really big moments and that's going to be something that I you're you, we're just going to have to see how it plays out. These two players could be those those players that step up. Mackenzie Holmes obviously is going to have maybe more of a burden placed on her, but when defenses are collapsing on Mackenzie and it's up to a guard to kind of create a shot, like Grace did time and time again, who's going to do it? Is it going to be Chloe? Is she going to be able to run the pick and roll and? and get to the basket. Is it going to be Scalia knocking down some long range shots to pull the defense back out? Are these going to be the, the types of players? I think over the scoring part could be more of a by committee approach. There's going to be a lot of players that I think might see an uptick in scoring, uh, whether it's also Lexus Bargasser or 
the the new freshmen coming in, um, Jules Lemondola, Lene Beaumont, are those going to be the types of players that step up in some of that scoring as well? What I think you can safely look towards these two for are being kind of the senior leaders on this team or super senior leaders. Scalia is a super senior with Mackenzie Holmes. Chloe is a senior with COVID eligibility. So you're looking at two of the most experienced players on this team next year. I thought it was noticeable, and we mentioned it a lot, when Grace went down, the team looked like it lacked a little bit of kind of on-court leadership. They seemed to get uh, rattled or, or frazzled or whatever kind of buzzword you want to use, but when Grace was out there, there was kind of a calming presence. You knew you could get the ball to her, and she would run the play or, or do what was needed to be done. She's not there anymore to do that, and now it's going to be Chloe. It's going to be Scalia. It's going to be some other players that you're going to throw the ball out to and hope that they're the ones that can make the right play and get IU situated and, and run offense when the other team's going on a run and the visiting crowd might really be getting into it. Are these two capable of kind of settling things down and getting IU into its offense? I think those are the areas you can look and uh, kind of expect maybe a jump in production. These are going to be two of your top ball handlers next season. There's going to be, again, a lot of people that will step up in that role, and IU has a number of guards, but I would imagine the ball is going to be in Chloe Moore McNeil's hands a lot next season, and, and Scalia is going to be right there with her. Those are the roles I think you can more realistically expect them to kind of be a bigger influence on is being those veterans that know what the situation calls for and making sure the Hoosiers kind of get in the right sets or, or run the right play, get the ball in the right person's hands, those types of things. So and you couldn't ask for two more experienced players, and I'm really confident that both of them will have strong seasons next year. Chloe has been on nothing but that upward trajectory. So far, last season is the exception and not the rule when it comes to Sarah Scalia. So having a season, another season in Bloomington where she's more comfortable and uh, knows her role, things like that, can only be a good thing for Sarah Scalia. And I'd love to see her bounce back and get closer to that 40% three-point shooting and give the Hoosiers another legitimate three-point threat. So... These two are going to be really big, important pieces of next year's team, and I hope to see them both step up in, in really big ways next season. Let me know what you guys think. What are your expectations of them? What were your thoughts on their seasons last year and the roles they played in helping Indiana win its first ever Big Ten title? Let me know all those thoughts either down below, uh, over on Twitter, on the uh, you can reply to our tweet, uh, in a review, whatever it may be. But as always, guys, thank you for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Every dayers, again, we'll be back on Monday to talk Big Ten football scheduling. And into next week, we'll do some more season recaps on both the men's and women's teams. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. If you guys are going over there to leave a review, subscribe, uh, whether on Spotify, whether on Apple, whatever it may be. But as always, guys, Hope everybody has a great Friday. Most importantly, LEO.